0: I'm excited about it. It's it, it's really basic, you know. There's not a lot. I'm not going to share any kind of groundbreaking information that you probably haven't heard before. This is not going to be an overly theological series, but it might save your marriage, and it might keep you from having all of those fights that we that we tend to get caught up in, and and uh, <clears throat> you know might give you some tools to actually walk in love toward those people that you're in relationship with and display what it looks like for brothers and sisters in Christ and spouses to be, uh, you know, in, walking in love toward one another. So this series that we're beginning, let's see, am I working here? Oh, yeah, it's up. We Need to Talk. You ever heard that? Hey, we need to talk. Uh-oh. What I do? I mean, honestly, how many have a negative connotation if somebody says, we need to talk? Yeah. Well, I want to try to remove that because talking, isn't it weird that talking has a negative connotation? Look, we need to talk. By the way, if you need to talk to me, don't send me a text that we're going to talk tomorrow. Hey, we need to talk. I need to talk to you about something. I'll see you tomorrow at 2. Really? Just wait till tomorrow at 2. You're with me? Alex, you good? You look so serious over there, man. You look like you're in trouble. Is he in trouble? Okay, good. He's just taking this seriously. You and Emily need to talk? I got you. So Today I want to talk about listen to understand. And it's it's basic. A lot of this comes out of habit number five from Stephen Covey's uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. But you can really, there's a, lot of, uh, there's a lot of psychology that goes into this, and I love all of that, but it's also very simple in terms of listen. Listen to understand. Try to under, put yourself in that person's shoes, especially in marriage. <clears throat> uh, so I want to look at a couple of passages, and these are, these are from Proverbs, and this is how not to do it. We're going to look at how not to do it first. If anyone gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. And so we read that and we're like, folly and shame, that's not so bad. But look at it in like modern day language. This is the this, uh, this is the, uh, general or good news testament, I forget, good news testament. Listen before you answer. If you don't, you're being stupid and insulting. I mean, that's the Bible that we need to be reading, right? But it's true, you're being insulting if you are listening, waiting to speak, right? So here's another one. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. A bunch of us are fools, aren't we? I mean, especially when we disagree with someone, right? Now, I want to talk about just some basics, but in marriage, you know, it's it's less about agreement and disagreement because we're usually on the same page about a lot of different stuff. But just in your general relationships, because some of this doesn't apply, but if you disagree with someone, I mean, social media has ruined communication on some levels, because you got people behind those keyboards that do not have that filter any longer, and it's like... And I fall into it sometimes. I do. I have to admit. I really try hard. I exercise a lot of restraint, because people, you know, they just love to jump on my page, Given my... Because I'm I'm vocal. I'm posting stuff all the time, and I try to... You know, I don't. I, I, I feel like I post what God inspires me to post. Uh, but I don't want to, that to sound like self-important. It's just like I just don't do a lot of posting unless something rises up within me. But it doesn't matter if God had a Facebook post page and God was posting, somebody would argue, wouldn't they? Uh, that, anyway, let's keep going here. But so this comes out of, <clears throat> you know, this is a general statement here that's good from Stephen Covey. Most people do not listen with the intent to understand. They listen with the the intent to reply. That would be the definition of a fool from Proverbs 18.2. Takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. Any Brian Regan fans? Yeah, you're about to be if you're not one as they prepare to show this clip. I got this little clip from Brian Regan. It's hilarious. It's a longer extended clip, but it, the end of it kind of takes away from his product. So I don't want to ruin it. I don't even know if we're supposed to show this. Maybe we won't broadcast this. But anyway, it's so funny because of uh, how he sets it up. So let's watch this and, and then we'll keep going. <laughs> oh man, the, the, the whole thing is from I Walked on the Moon And it is absolutely hilarious. But that is so true. You, me, you, me. Do you know any me monsters? Are you a me monster? I mean, think about it, right? Now, let's have a little bit of fun here. And this is where we get to judge people, just for a minute. And it's usually your in-laws or somebody like that, you know, but you're telling your story, and it's like everything that you say goes through their experiences and then it comes back out of you me you me right you don't you don't feel heard all they want to do is talk about themselves and it and it's mostly because we're self-centered so <clears throat> i have a term for these people they are conversation hijackers he, he's a he's a he, i like me monster but they do they they hijack the conversation now i'm saying they but i'm really talking about you just so you know <laughs> because we do that we Are the me monster at times, especially under our own roofs. So here's kind of a a, a statement here, just to kind of encapsulate this. Most people just want to get their point across. Now think about this. They do it, but where do you do it? Because what we're talking about in this series is investing in our relationships. We're talking about communication. We're talking about our marriages getting to the place where we are so safe and in good communication with one another that our marriages reflect godly relationships. Our marriages and our relationships reflect, uh, you know, this, this faith and this hope that we have, and, and, and it's powerful. So if this applies, and I'm sure that it does, again, this is not groundbreaking information. Most of you probably heard this, but maybe a little bit of tune-up, right? A little oil change for the relationship. Most people just want to get their point across. We often ignore the other person, but pretend we're listening. We selectively hear what we want to respond to, but often miss their meaning. Um, Most people listen with the intent to reply, not to understand. We prepare in our mind what we're going to say while they're speaking. You filter everything through you. Consequently, you decide prematurely what the other person means, before he or she finishes communicating. Now that part is called judgment. When we assume what they mean and we don't seek clarification, that's actually what we're gonna talk about. uh, I think it's next week we're gonna look in judgment and assuming each other's uh, motive and intent and setting each other free from that type of thing. But that's the question, do you filter everything through you? Now this might be a little bit uncomfortable, but think about it. When you're talking to someone, and all you want to do, and now I get it where, you know, you're hanging out social situation and you want to relate, you know, and it's like you're just sharing stories and, you know, but, but there are those times where we're just not paying attention. And something that they say lights everything up inside of us where we just want to communicate. This is no, but me, right? Me, you, me, you, me. I love that. It's so, <laughs> it's so true. And I think about that when I'm in conversations. Because, you know, I've experienced a lot and I, tend, I will tend to do that. I will tend to, you know, because it's like you're getting ramped up and guys do that too. It's like, you know, we're besting each other and we're messing around. But it's not so good in a relationship when you're trying to work out a problem, right? Or just in general social settings to filter everything through you, you end up being this conversation hijacker. And it's because of this. It's true. We're self-centered. We are living our lives, and we very rarely stop to think about, well, wonder how this affects this person. What is this person going through? Sometimes I'll have this experience where it's like you're out in public or sitting in traffic or whatever, and and you realize how self-centered that you are when you look out and you see a person that you will never see again in your entire life. And you judge that person instantly because I a five-second encounter with them. You know what I mean? You see a bumper sticker on their car, you know all about their politics, and then you see how they drive and you know everything else about them. <laughs> how, how dare we? That person's got a life. They may be wrong, but they've got a life, right? But, and that's just kind of a microcosm of what we do. Do we really take the time to realize I am not the center of the universe? Not everything revolves around me. You know, you don't even really have the b- full brain capacity until you're about 25 <clears throat> to, to even think that way. Hopefully, you start to think that way at that time or even earlier. Uh, but it's true. So, again, a little bit of you know, a little bit of humor, not groundbreaking information, but I hope that you walk out of here and, and take this into your marriage. Now, I want to look at <clears throat> you know what the remedy is. The remedy would be seek to understand then to be understood. So when you're having these conversations, especially with your spouse, and you're trying to work things out, I mean, I, I see it all the time. I see it all the time. A couple will come in and it's like, <clears throat> you're trying to facilitate communication that has broke, that broke down a year ago or two years ago, or maybe was never in place. It's one of the it's why I don't really like counseling honestly because it's like man let's just go back in time and start over. And that's kind of what you have to do sometimes with people. You got to go back in time and fix all these shifts, all these kinds of things. And it's like look, if you would just believe the truth about who you are in God and realize that you actually love this person, you could probably just, you know, erase the past and start here and fix a lot of this stuff. But but it's not that easy. People don't do that. But this is huge. If we would just do this, if we would just try to see life through the other person's eyes and, and connect with where they are, what they're going through, you know? Not to give them excuses, but so that you, you just see it differently. You see it from a different perspective. Now, this is, <clears throat> I, I love where we get to go in this part because God actually listens to us. So, so listen to this. This is so awesome. Psalm 116, verses 1 through 2. I love the Lord because He has heard me. I love the Lord because He has heard my voice. Uh, and please for mercy. Because He inclined His ear to me, therefore I will call on Him as long as I live. Now, praise God for that. But listen from a relational perspective. I want to read it again and listen from a relational perspective. All right, Psalm 116, 1-2. One I love the Lord because He heard me. and my pleas for mercy. He connected emotionally to where he heard me because he inclined his ear to me. Now watch the response. Therefore, I will call on him as long as I live. So what we see is listening develops trust. It just does. You want trust in your relationships? Listen. I love the Lord because he heard me. Praise God. You know, there's so much that we don't understand about the wisdom of God. You know, like in modern day, we understand psychology. We understand human behavior. We understand how a lot of that stuff works. And they did back then too. But, you know, this is a huge point about reading Scripture because we read this stuff and we put all the focus on this kind of distant entity that's out there. But a passage like that can save your marriage, If you grasp it, if you really understand what's happening there, listening actually does develop trust. And listening to your spouse, listening to those people will cause them to come to you in an open way. Now watch this one. This is is another one. And this is the confidence that we have toward Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. This is 1 John 5.14. This is the confidence that we have toward Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Now, that's not really an obedience statement. That's more of a mind-renewal statement. You know, since He's right, He has the luxury of being right, so we better get our minds aligned with how He thinks, you know what I mean? This isn't your opportunity to say, well, look, I'm right, so you better think the way that I think than we'll have peace in our marriage. You go to some counseling where they put the man over the woman rather than join together, and I've sent people to places that they do that, and they tell women, look, if you just... If you just pray, love your husband out of his dysfunction, well, yeah, how's that going to work for you? If you just submit, everything would be in order in your household, then it'd all work out for you. Yeah, well, that sounds good, but it ain't working. You know what I mean? That, that, that's not even theologically correct. You got to do some fancy footwork to get to that kind of understanding. But so what this tells us is that listening develops confidence. So listening develops trust. And listening develops confidence. Sorry, so I looked up this word confidence here in this passage, and this is the confidence. It's interesting because it's not even really the word confidence. It's, it's this particular word, and we get to all say a Greek word, parisia. Parisia. <clears throat> Anytime you got the emphasis over, that's where you put the emphasis. So, but this word, if you look up this word in the Bible, in its usage, it, it's actually not translated as confidence very often. It's translated as open. Openly or boldness. So the, the idea here, and look at the definition of it. So, the, so we have confidence in Him because He hears us. And our confidence in Him is this, boldness and openness. Specifically, freedom in speaking, unreservedness in speech. So, so the idea, and I think you get the picture, but let me just lay it out. The idea is this, we have openness openness and freedom in speaking and unreservedness in speech toward Him because we trust that He cares about us and we trust that He will hear us. When you hear people, it creates an openness. You know, If you have a locked-down conversation, somebody's not being open or both not being open, there's not trust there. Somebody's not hearing the other, maybe both. But this is a question that I have in your relationships, in your marriage. Do you have this? freedom in speaking, unreservedness in speech, openly, frankly, without concealment. Now, it doesn't mean you just blast in there like an elephant and lay all your stuff on the table. There's still love and kindness and all of that in our, in our speech. But can you tell each other the truth? Or is it like, I know how they're going to respond... Because they've responded the last twenty five years like this as well, so I got to come in I got to tiptoe and all these eggshells, and I want to crush these eggshells you know let 's just read the rest of it without ambiguity or circ- circumlocution say that say that word for me something like that without the use of figures and comparisons there's no you know let me play let me beat around the bush here now. This is where the behavior pattern stuff comes in that we have to understand each other as well, and we're actually gonna do that. Where I'm, I'm gonna do a couple of Wednesday nights. This Wednesday, we're gonna go over the five love languages, kind of a workshop, a little bit of a tune-up, and then next Wednesday, we're gonna go over the DISC profiles. I'm more versed in those behave, that behavioral scale than like the Enneagram or any of that other stuff. Those are probably awesome too, but I just know DISC better. And then the last one is free and fearless confidence, cheerful courage, boldness, assurance. It's really powerful when you think about the psychological and relational aspects of these particular passages. I just want to read this last one, this one more time. And this is the confidence that we have toward Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Do you relate that into your relationships and marriage? Can you hear anything? And are you a person that will let yourself hear anything or let people tell you anything? So listening develops trust and it develops confidence. Confidence meaning openness. This is what we want to work toward. So obviously we want to become a better listener. Here's some practical tips, and I'm actually winding down here. But let me give a little bit of plug here. We've got these books back there. Um, It's a 40-day prayer cycle and it's his and hers. I think we're selling the, the pair for 25 bucks, and then we got the love language book back there too. I really encourage, for those of you that are married, those of you that are getting married, or whatever, uh, not or whatever, married or getting married. What's the whatever? I don't know. <clears throat> Something like that. Um, and if we run out, we can get some more, but I, I just really encourage, Sarah and I have been going through this, and it, and it's true, you know, you 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 We live life with these people in our house and our homes, and, and we kind of it's like a chess match sometimes, right? And, and it, things might even not necessarily be bad, but we settle into our areas, we settle into our routines, and we and you know sometimes we we get comfortable with it, and we don't really cross into each other's lives much in certain areas, and something that I'm seeing with the prayer, praying like actually praying for her. Reading through and there's some theology in there, eh? but for the most part it's a good tool to look in and and read through and actually not just read it like so don't so those of you that are task oriented, this is not a checkbox. This is something to actually engage your heart with. And it's they're short, the devotional is short and the prayer is short. And there's some scripture and they're, you know, they're really they're really good for the most part. But actually praying for your spouse will do something to you. Now, those of you that have some problems going on right right now, I highly recommend this stuff. I really do. Now, these tools that we're gonna look at, the five love languages, which you can take that um, assessment for free, and I think it's just fivelovelanguages.com. Most of you have probably already done it, but it might be good to just go back and do it again. And if you have the 100% perfect marriage, then still do it anyway. Anybody have a 100% perfect marriage? (laughs) <laughs> my wife raised her hand. Let me just say, I just want y'all to see that. My wife raised... So that's us and the surfaces. We will pray for the rest of y'all. Oh, she said she was just kidding. Dang it. We need to talk. Hey, we need to talk. Super practical. This is, this is one, ask questions. In other words, seek to understand before seeking to be understood. Uh, let me, you know, I'm going to ask a question here. Let, let me just make sure that I understand what's going on. Which lends itself to, are you a safe person? Can, can your spouse ask you questions? Do you let, will you let your spouse challenge you? Will you let your friends challenge you? I realize, you know, that doesn't relate to everybody in the context of marriage, but even in just your relationships, even with your coworkers, your boss, whatever it is, whatever realm of life you find yourself in, are you a safe person? Or do you do this? Can you let people be open and tell you the truth without becoming angry or defensive? Defensive is a huge word because we got to fight you know, we got to defend. I got to defend myself. I have to fight. I have to, I have to protect myself here. Huh? Got to right. be right. And usually that's what we're preserving. Now, a lot of times people are defensive out of their insecurities, right? Because of what they've been through, trauma, abuse. I understand that. This is, you know, this is, this is. This is a very deep subject, actually, and I'm kind of really just skimming the surface, but there are, there are some deeper issues and there is nuance within this idea. You do have to understand the person. This is where seeking to understand is powerful because you might understand, okay, well, when this particular type of subject comes up because of their past, I need to make sure that I approach it this way. I need to affirm things, maybe, you know, maybe you, maybe you affirm the relationship, maybe you're over-explaining why you're going to ask this. You know, there's a protection there. There's a a surety. And this is what God does for us. He affirms to us that we are His children so that He can lead us, so that we will obey from the heart, right? He doesn't just lay the law down and says, obey. He says, look, you're my child. Uh, I'm not holding your sin against you. I love you. You are safe within me. Now, we need to talk, right? Because that's what he'll do. That's, look at, how do I know that he did that? Look at the woman caught in adultery. D- Jesus did it. You know, Jesus is God, and he showed us how God relates to people. And this woman, under their moral code and under their law, should have been killed. Like, it would have been perfectly legal. Think about that. For Jesus to pick up a rock and, boom, be the first one till she's dead, And they could have all just walked away and justice would have been served under their law. But what did he do? He put it on them, you guys. All right, fine. Those without sin cast the first stone. Mm. And that's what we forget. We forget to look at ourselves, not judging ourselves, not analyzing ourselves, but realizing, you know, I'm not all that either. Do I really need to buck up on this person like this? But defensiveness, realize, are you just being defensive because you're insecure? Or are you feeling like you're fighting because of what you went through? And, and, and understanding yourself, knowing yourself, knowing yourself better than anyone else knows you is powerful. It places you in such a powerful position within your own life and within your own relationships that you, you, know, you don't have to do that. You don't have to defend yourself. You don't have because you know who you are in Christ. You've processed wholeness and healing from your past, and you're just at a place where it's like you know what I don't, I'm not. You can say anything to me now. Somebody might say something really ugly and rude, and you got a choice of what you're going to do. But even then, it's like ah, that must that person must be that must be. I don't know what's going on with them, but cause that was that was that was not nice what they just said, and 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 then you just walk away. But the important thing is. When you're in these conversations, if you are a defensive person, if you recognize that you do that, you create contention because you're you feel that, ask yourself, why why what's going on here? Where's that coming from? Well what do I what am I what am I feeling? Like what's really underneath that defensiveness that I, that I fight? Right? And and that's where counseling is helpful because you can go to someone that can help you identify what's going on and you walk through it and you let it go. And you process it and you deal with it. You know, praise God that we understand and we, and we can do that for each other. But you can also walk through it just recognizing your tendencies and your behavior patterns. I love the behavior pattern stuff and we're going to get more into that. <clears throat> so ask questions. What, pay attention to yourself and how you respond. And then there's a couple of things and these come from the Covey book as well. There's something called emphatic listening. Emphatic listening trying to see the world through the eyes of the other person, get what they are feeling. Can you empathize and feel what they're saying? That's where the phrase, you feel me? You know, you feel me comes from. It's like, not just do you hear me? Did you intellectually grasp the words? But I understand. And then that can be coupled with this idea of rephrasing. And you say back what you heard in your own words, to confirm that you understand. And it could sound something like this. Well, so what I heard you say is this. Now, it's interesting because once you do this, once you make it a practice of being honest with yourself, and you make it a practice of of knowing your own triggers, paying attention to your state, your emotional state, how you are feeling within relationships, and, and you might you know there are some situations you go into and there is a little bit of insecurity. You go to into an unknown space and you know there's people that are either more successful or people that you admire and you just feel a sense of social awkwardness and insecurity. Use those as an exa- use those as an opportunity to look within yourself and say you know why why am i why am I feeling this way? Is it just because I respect these people and i'm a little bit intimidated and it's okay to admit that or do I feel like I need to be the me monster? And then you're like, that person is, look at that. Look at their shoes. Look at their hair. Look at their, that, well, I know this about them, and I know that their wife says this about them, and I know this about them. And you're like, you just <laughs> cutting everybody down to make you feel better. Yeah, I was quiet on that one. <clears throat> that was a little bit off topic, but it's, but it's true we do that. You don't have to do that. You know? Did you know that you don't have to do that? You don't have to go into a situation and 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 lower people so you feel better about yourself. You know, the most powerful people don't do that. And I don't mean powerful over. I just mean within themselves. People that carry their own counsel. People that are, you know, confident in themselves. You just you just don't do that. And you don't have to do that. And honestly, I think the more you know who you are in Christ, the more You know how loved you are by Him the more whole you are. And you just don't have to... You're creating more pain than you need to be experiencing for yourself by doing that. It's unnecessary. So that side trail off of the rephrasing thing. But I have done this, and this is... My point was that you can actually help other people that you love, that you are engaged in normal, regular, regular relationship with, Uh, get better at these things themselves by questions and rephrasing. Now, because there are some people, and I've encountered this, and because of what I do, I listen and I I hear a lot. It's kind of like part of my job, if you could call it a job, is to listen, understand them, so I can help get them to a place within Scripture that can actually help them. So it's like I'm listening to them and I'm listening to the Holy Spirit all at the same time. And I use this rephrasing thing a lot and the rephrasing thing is you say back to them. Now sometimes I know when somebody comes in and they're all over the place and they they're just not they're more of a verbal processor and they're just talking out loud and they're you know not really I will rephrase I will purposefully listen to what they said and say back to them word for word what they just said and they will say, "Well, that's not what I said." And I'm like, "Yeah." you know so it gives you clues you know so point being you actually get and i'm not talking about from a manipulative perspective i'm not talking about using these psychological tools to control i'm not talking about any of that kind of stuff i'm talking about because you love this person because you genuinely want to understand them you actually get to help them understand themselves in a way maybe that they never knew before you know you get to help them become more articulate in how they are expressing themselves and I'm telling you, a huge path to wholeness is to help people express what they're actually feeling and what they want to say. And if somebody, if you, if somebody says something to you and you say back to them like, exactly what they just said and they're like, well, that's not what I meant. Not what I meant. Oh, no, we're not, we're not. And it's like... Well, no, 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 no. That, they're, they're, now, that didn't make them a bad person. It just means you're, you're going through this process. So rather than frustration setting in, all you're doing is you're giving them an opportunity to find out what it is they really want to say. And you're helping them. You are serving them in such a way where you are understanding. You are seeking to understand, but you're actually helping them understand themselves better. You know, And it's, it's like the oracle told Neo all the way back to The Matrix. Has anybody not seen The Matrix? Man, I'll tell you what, I love you people. You have not seen The Matrix? Okay, that's fine. I'll forgive you. Anyway. There's a scene in The Matrix where the one, right? He's not sure if he's the one. He has to go to the oracle to find out and hear this word, right? She gives him a word. She says, know yourself. Know yourself better than anybody else knows you. And my pastor always used to tell this thing, and he would tell this story about wisdom, right? If you want to be wise, know yourself better than anybody else knows you, which means you got to be honest with yourself you got to be in touch with yourself. And I'm not talking about living some deep self-analytical thing, but know yourself. Be honest with yourself. I love Jordan Peterson. I think it's rule. I forget what the rule is. Rule number five. Don't lie. It says, uh, tell the truth or at least don't lie, especially with yourself. Tell the truth, but definitely don't lie to yourself. And that's really what we're talking about here. Be honest with yourself. And so sometimes when we're in chaos and when we've had trauma in our past and when we've had difficulty or when we're learning something new or when we're in an environment where it's creating these insecurities, you know, first off, obviously go back and talk to God because He is the best listener and He will hear you. And do you feel heard by God? I'm telling you, so many people pray and their physical circumstance doesn't change, and they don't think God heard them, therefore they don't trust God. That's where it starts, really. Getting that relationship, knowing who God is, solidifying those truths about who He is, then He hears. He just absolutely does. He cares about you. And if you feel like nobody else cares about you, get yourself into a place where you can experience that type of relationship from the Father. But to finish the Neo story, she said, no, not... So I'm skipping story number two, know yourself better than anybody else knows you. And if you want to be wiser still, know others better than they know themselves. Now, that doesn't mean you get to judge them. It doesn't mean you have more power over them. It just means be willing to be so understanding of people that you get to help. You you see, it's like, okay, I see, you know, they, they do this and it's unnecessary. So how can I help? through questions, through understanding, through empathizing, maybe ministry to them. You bring something to them. Hey, you know, I, I know this, this will help. And, and you can lead a horse to water, right? But that's about it in a lot of cases. But it's true. If you know, if you know yourself, you're in a position to actually be able to see and hear other people. And, and honestly, the bullhorn guy, the evangelist on the corner, he ain't hearing people. You know, I mean, now God might have told him to go stand on the corner and preach the gospel with a bullhorn. Maybe. You know, I'll make room for that. But in, in a large degree, the Christian world is horrible at listening to the world. Horrible at listening to other people's ideas because we're right and they're wrong. And that's true in a lot of ways. But We still hear and listen. Even Jesus, right? What if Jesus had gotten in a tit-for-tat, like proof-texting? What if Jesus had proof-texted? In other words, you try to prove your point through a particular passage. Proof-texting with the Pharisees, right? It would have been endless. It would have been pretty interesting to see, right? Because, I mean, whoa. But he just didn't do that. He just would like, you know... Now, sometimes he was like, you bunch of whitewashed fences, you demon, you know... Father, children of the devil. I mean, you know, he did say that. He did say that. But most times it was like he would ask a question to find out, to send them searching back into their heart, right? And it wasn't to trap them. It was to expose the truth. And and so that if we can do that, if we can help people uncover the truth in their own heart, the truth of who they are, the truth of what God has done for them, to bring them to a place of wholeness, seeking to understand before seeking to be understood... I've been I've have watched some ministers and counselors and professionals in situations where it's like they're not really listening. They're wanting to dazzle people with their knowledge, and you run. There's a lot of ego in the professional world in terms of the professional health world, and and you know and it's, it's just true. It's just out there. Unfortunately, it's just out there. We all do it. We all want to flex our muscle, our intellectual muscles in some ways, but. So, I mean, you know, all of that, I think I've touched on a lot of different areas. All of that to say, God hears us. Let's use that as an example and a model to hear, to hear each other. Now, this will be your homework is to go home and have conversations. <laughs> Pretty easy, right? Not really, but I mean, you know what I'm saying. But just pay attention to this kind of stuff. I'm sure you've all heard these kinds of things before, but it's a little bit tune-up time, right? get this book, get this series, and if you just can't afford it, let Keena know, and we'll give it to you, right? We see the bookstore as a ministry. Uh, It would, you know, we'll recoup as much as we can out of that, but I really encourage you to get these resources and make it a habit and a practice of praying for one another, right? Actually investing in, I care about I care about my wife. I care about my husband. I care about my friends. I'm actually going to take the time to think about where they are and pray for them. Not what I want for them, but what would be best for them, right? Get myself out of the way. Let me, me, in all of my wisdom, let me get myself out of the way and what I think is best and actually connect to where they are and hear them and communicate from that perspective. Amen? Because I'm telling you, It's the strategy of the body of Christ to show the world that God sent Jesus into the earth. That is, that we have such love for one another that it's a testimony to the unbelieving world that God sent Jesus into this earth. That's what he prayed in John 17. Our message is the gospel and our strategy is love. So there's a lot more going on than just peace in your own heart and in your own house to learning how to have a loving relationship and that is... Because, you know, <clears throat> marriage almost more than anything is a physical example of the union that we have with the Father. And, and, and you know, I want our, I want my marriage to be a testimony of people that are searching for God to look and say, you know, there's some, there's the way the connection, the trust, the dependency, the, the inter, you know, the interconnect, the, the openness, the this, the that. You know, it it it, it sends a, a subconscious meshes, message back to this is the kind of relationship that you can have with the Father. You can trust Him. You can talk to Him. He's not going to judge you. You're going to be supportive of one another. All, all of that stuff, you know, gets to reflect back the type of relationship that we can have with the Father. Amen? Good stuff. Did you get something out of it? Now, go watch... Uh, I walked on the moon, Brian Reed. We need to have a comedy night. Who's ready for Lyle to do another stand up comedy night? Where, where'd he go? Did he leave? He go? <clears throat> I'm giving him a hand clap. And he ain't even in there. <laughs> I'm ready for that comedy night. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your love for us. And we thank you for the opportunity to represent you in this planet, even through our relationships. So, Father, we want to to take this message to heart, take advantage of the resources that you've made available for us and, and just invest in our relationships with the purpose of seeking to understand, bringing love into our relationships, bringing wholeness and healing to ourselves from our past and all the different issues that we deal with. Father, but mostly to bring glory and honor to your name. We just want people to know you. We want people to know how good you are and if we can use, if our relationships can be an example of that, Father, we, we just open our hearts for you to, to lead us and guide us through that. And if there's anybody in the room or watching online, <clears throat> you don't know for sure that you know Jesus, just, turn, just be willing to say yes to him. We have an uh, article on our website on, on www.forward.church that we're going to start sending people to. And a lot of people are watching online. If you're watching online, go to forward.church. Read the message, uh, the article, Who is Jesus? Father, I thank you for the opportunity to carry the message, the ministry of reconciliation to the world, even through our relationships. We love you and we trust you. Amen. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. And thank you to those of you who support Forward Ministries financially. You truly are changing the way the world sees God. You're helping people detox from performance-based religion and experience God's love for them. We're committed to helping you renew your mind so you'll experience transformation and move forward in every area of your life. I pray you're making this heart journey. Visit my website at clintbyers.com for hundreds of free teachings and articles that will empower you to renew your mind and put on your eternal identity in Christ. I'm especially excited about my tools for transformation that have original music and modern technology designed to help you slow down and connect with the Spirit of God in your heart. I'd like to invite you to partner with Forward Ministries. Help us continue to spread the gospel and develop resources that are empowering people to grow in their identity in Christ. Thank you again for joining me. I pray God's blessings and promises over you and your family today.